We're glad to be sharing the ministry of Tabernacle of Praise with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. Lord, just open our eyes and our ears and our minds, Lord, as we're about to receive your Word, Lord. Just clear our minds out, Lord, that we can focus on you here and you're going to give me the words to speak, Lord. You're going to guide me, Lord, as you already have. And we're going to take away, whether it's five points, ten points, or one point, Lord, you're going to give us something that we can hold on to, Lord, and take with us throughout the week, Lord. For you are worthy, Lord. Is he not amazing? Mm. Y'all can be seated. One thing I've learned over the past uh, couple of uh, weeks, there's no excuses. I don't know when it started, but roughly within the past four, four to six weeks, probably five out of the seven mornings I woke up around anywhere between five or six and just started diving into his word. And you can't just dive into his word for a couple minutes. As I said, I can't get out of Genesis. I can't get past Genesis 20. That is why it is so important you have to be in his word daily. With what's going on in the world today, this has nothing to do with my lesson, it's free. What's going on in the world today? We must have his direction, daily direction. As you know, me, or Becky and I, as we're going through parenthood and things have come our way and lessons and things we learned we probably didn't think we would have done back in the day. But it's his direction. He's opening so many people's eyes if you're just willing to open them. See, the hardest part is, is once he opens our eyes, it's following what he says. And following his word. Leaders. Now is the time you got to lead. Now is the time you got to lead your family. In Sodom and Gomorrah. So in, in Genesis 19, this again has nothing to do with it, but just in regards to leaders and the decisions we make, I um, want to hit this home and then I'll get into the word. So the angels, the two angels come down to Sodom and Gomorrah. Lot is chilling at the gate, right? Lot goes to him to the two angels and says, come, come to my house. Come, come right now. It's almost nighttime. 
Obviously, Lot knows what happens at nighttime in Sodom, and it wasn't good things. And then they go and they have a good dinner, it looks like, and they perhaps wash their feet, it looks like. And then they hear this at their door. And probably screaming and chanting and yelling, let us in. We want those two, those two guys that were with you. Let them out here with us. As the story goes on, when you read it, I take it the house was surrounded, layers of people. The crazier people were at the door banging to get it in, to get inside, or to get them to get the two angels, if you will. And then the angels blind them. They go crazy. And then the angels tell Lot that they're going to destroy the city because their sin cries out to God. And then what does Lot do? Before Lot offers up his two daughters that have not known anyone, a little crazy. You can do your own Bible study on that. But then Lot had other daughters. Did y'all know that besides the two? Who did he go warn? Who did he go warn to try to save his daughters? Their husbands. He went to the sons-in-laws. He didn't go to his daughters. Read in Genesis. Read it. Leaders. You got to make sure you're in the word. You got to make sure you're listening every day. Lot went to the sons-in-laws to try to warn his daughters and the family. They didn't listen. All right, here we go. We're going to everyone have a Bible. This is going to be a little bit different. It's going to be sermon slash Bible study. We're going to do a combo. You know, a couple weeks ago, my um, nephew got baptized, so me and the kids went there. Let's just say, get behind me. It's amazing at how you can bring in just... Let God's presence just sink and sink when you see everyone else around you. You just stoop to their level, if you will. Um, Not that I wasn't bold and I was trying to be as bold as I could during worship, but let's just say I was the boldest one and didn't go near as far as where I was today because that would have been like, they probably would have kicked me out. But get behind me. Get behind whoever's teaching or preaching. So we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, Focus, as y'all probably could have already guessed, in Genesis. Genesis 20 is where today's main message is going to be from. We're going to talk about the five lessons from Abraham and Abimelech. You might be able to get five different lessons, but I got five good ones here, I think. First, quick history. What happened before Genesis 20? Anyone know? A lot. 19. Hey, someone's listening. I like that. Right before. Genesis 19, Sodom and Gomorrah, God destroyed 
those two cities, which is weird. Do your own study on it. But he only went to Sodom. It doesn't say he went to Gomorrah. Um, but that's another thing. And he also destroyed all of the land in between the plains when you do some research. Just to say, I've spent six weeks between Genesis 1 and Genesis 20, so I know it pretty good. So you may get a lot more information than you're, you're wanting, but that's okay. I'm just going to show you how smart I am. Also, God destroyed the earth back in Noah. Noah had three sons. Sham, Ham, Japheth. Who was the bad one? Ham. Y'all do a study there. Do an extra little one. Did you know Ham went and did Nineveh? When you look at his lineage in the cities, just uh, Nineveh repented and went back towards God. Sodom and Gomorrah didn't. That's another good one. What else we got? The Tower of Babel. So before, they all spoke one language. And the Lord said, this, this gets me, which is pastors preached about it a lot. Indeed, the people are one, and they all have one language, and this is what they began to do. Now nothing they purpose to do will be withheld from them, meaning they were one. When you're one, if we became one as a body, my if you were here for prayer, those 200 refugees, they'd be showing up every week. Another point is, doesn't mean you got to get baptized here. You can also get baptized in your uh, bathroom, bathtub, if you will. See, that's, my eyes have been opening. If someone comes to you, this is also free inside. Hey, I want to be baptized, Scott. There ain't, there ain't, let's wait till Sunday. Let, let's do it right now. I mean, they're, they're, nowhere in the word does it say they waited until the following church service to be baptized. Uh, I think, again, like I said, God is opening our eyes to what church is really supposed to be about. And it's not, unfortunately, this come up here, we do Bible study, we do a couple songs. It is every part of all we do. And it is okay, just like with the kids, as we say, we're going to get hopefully more and tons of more kids. They may be, obviously, we don't want to be disrespectful, but walking around, talking, doing their little thing, that's not, I mean, I don't think it bothered Jesus. Also, so we got the Tower of Babel. Does anyone know about, you know, does anyone know who Abram and Sarai is? Abraham and Sarah. God reminded them and reminded them and reminded them and reminded them about the promise. Abraham, um, the covenant with the circumcision. Man. So we got, uh, so far, that's Abraham and Hagar. So if you know who Hagar is, it's all right if you don't know. So Hagar was there basically Sarah's maid or if you will um servant yep and then um sarah didn't believe in the lord she went to abraham and said why don't you have hagar have your child since obviously i'm not gonna and so that happens and then sarah is pretty mean when you read about it kicked him out once wasn't mean, let me rephrase, didn't kick him out, was so mean, Hagar left, and then God spoke to her and said, go back. 
So she went back, and then after Sarah had Isaac, Ishmael was making fun of Isaac, it appears, and mommy didn't like that. Said adios. I think that's about it. Did I miss anything? Obviously, we got creation, but miss any any good points? No? So back when Abraham left in Genesis 12, does anyone know how old Abraham was? Abram slash Abraham. Is it all right if I call him Abraham? Zach, this doesn't mean you can stay at home until this age, just so you know. I'm just, just, I don't want you to go all, if you look, Abraham was 75 when God came to him and said, get your stuff and get a packing. Time to go out, right? 75. That's when you look. We'll get to there in a second. Let's jump to Genesis 20. Just that's my main point. I want you to think of the first age. Abraham was 75 years old. So we're going to do some slight reading, if you will. We're just going to start in Genesis, read a few verses, and then, as I said, I got five lessons from Abraham and Abimelech. So in Genesis 20, and Abraham journeyed from there to the south and dwelt between Kadesh and Shur and sojourned in Gerar. If I mispronounce these cities, I apologize. I am going to do it. I know it affects my Becky but I do apologize because my my reading is not the best. Now Abraham and Sarah, his wife, Abraham said of Sarah, his wife, she is my sister. And Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. How old do you think Sarah was at that point? Let's just say, back in Genesis 12, Abraham was 75. I did math. Sarah, when you look later, is 10 years younger than Abraham. So back then, Sarah was 65. So right around here, Sarah is roughly 90 years old. And uh, she must have been a looker, if I can. I'm, I'm just saying. And this is first, second, third, fourth, fifth time Abraham said Sarah was his sister. How many times? Twice. First lesson, regardless of age, we still face some of the same battles. So back in Genesis 12 with uh, Abraham and Sarah, Abraham said to Pharaoh that Sarah was his sister. We learn a little bit later that it's a half-truth, but as we know, half-truths are still full lies. Regardless of the age, that means Abraham right here was roughly 90 years, I mean 100 years old. He's facing the same battle he had 25 years before. He didn't reconcile that battle back when he was 75. You're going to face the same battle until you get it resolved. We got to get our battles resolved and handled so that, I mean, when you read, there's some, because of it, because of Abraham's lie, some potential, I mean, think about it. 
what was in the balance here? We all know what the king was wanting to do with Sarah. At this point, they hadn't had their son, Isaac, yet. So what was potentially in the balance? Two seeds inside of Sarah? God's promise over and over. As you read between 12 and 20, God promised and re said, you will be, your, your descendants will be the number, the, your, the sands. You can't, however many dust of sand there are. Then it said a little bit later, the stars in the sky. I mean, really, Abraham? And yet now you're going to go back to what you did 25 years ago? Because can we just be honest here? Maybe a little selfish. He was 100% okay to give up his son Isaac. But when it came to his life, because what they would do, if you didn't know, basically, if he thought that they would kill him so that the king could take Sarah um, to be his wife if you, so that they can become one, if you will. Abraham didn't trust the Lord for some reason with his life, but trusted him with Isaac's. And one thing that just I, ha- I, have, I don't understand, every time Sarah obeyed Abraham, listened to her leader, I know Fuller's done a couple messages probably on that, or Barbitic has, but golly, she has more willpower than me. Moving on, man, God is awesome. But God came to Abimelech, a pagan king, Abimelech, right? In a dream by night and said to him, Indeed, you are a dead man. I mean, my dream was we had 200 refugees coming here to be baptized, which is pretty good and awesome. Um, I didn't get the dream about, indeed, Austin, you're a dead man. Well, I appreciate that, Lord. I, I, would, I appreciate that. And then as you read a little bit, lo- a little bit lower, Abimelech says, but, but Lord, in the integrity of my heart, And innocence of my heart, I have done this. Basically saying, I trusted Abraham. I trusted Sarah. And the integrity of my heart, don't don't look at me. Don't, 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 don't say I'm a dead man. Point two, sin is sin regardless of the integrity of your heart. A lie is a lie regardless if you know it or not. Uh, How else do you want to put it? Um, adultery is adultery, regardless of you if you know it. Stealing is stealing, regardless of if you know it. To me, this hit me, bam. You because my brother likes to play the games. Well, what about the person in twenty-seven thousand million miles away that's never heard of Jesus? Da-da-da-da. And it's just plain and simple. And regardless of the integrity of your heart, regardless of whether you think it's right or wrong, sin is sin. God says, no matter, I'm sorry, Abimelech, sin is sin. Regardless of the integrity of your heart, regardless of if you knew it was or wasn't sin, indeed, you're a dead man, he said. Now, when you read a little bit, a little bit lower on, we, sh- we see that, 
for I also withheld you from sinning against me, therefore I did not let you touch. Basically, as if we read towards the end of uh, Genesis 20, God, Abimelech became sick or ill. The women of the Abimelech family were barren. So you got to do your own research in this. I don't know if this took course, the Abraham and Abimelech story took course over a couple days or a few months. Because the way I look at it, the only way you would know the people are barren is if it happened over months. Um, Because it says down here, for the Lord had closed up all the wombs of the house of Abimelech down in verse 18. But, so that's for you to decide. I don't think that's a huge issue if you think it's a couple days or maybe a few months. Um, But sin is sin no matter how we look at it. Especially those half-truths, which I used to always like to say, you know, you just don't say the full truth, but unfortunately it's a full lie. We have no excuses for the sins we commit which again goes back to why we got to be in the word, which is why it is so important that his blood covers us. To me, everything in Genesis 1 through 20 goes all points all towards Christ. Every story, every, I can just draw it. It's just, just like Don's got to get sick and tired of me because I text him a lot and he responds half the time, which is a-okay because I just text him probably way too much. Just like, whoa. Did you see this? Of course he did, but or did you know this? I mean, God protected Sarah, if you will, from Abimelech. Doesn't mean that it was going to be 100% protected forever, but for that time being, because as we're about to read here in just a second, for that time being, God made Abimelech sick Um, because as you read in 17 which we will a little bit later um, basically God healed Abimelech so moving on to um, verse 8 so we know that God appeared to him to Abimelech in the dream said you are indeed a dead man what do you think Abimelech does a pagan king anybody without reading it So Abimelech rose early in the morning, called all his servants, and told all these things in their hearing, and the men were very afraid. And Abimelech called Abraham and said to him, what have you done to us? Lesson three, when God speaks, we must respond right away. A pagan king knew he needed to respond right away. I think that is one of America's slash America's churches, America's church biggest downfall. We don't respond right away when we get a word from the Lord. Because it is for now. That word, that word, he, it's, he arose early in the morning. 
It didn't, he didn't wait. Went and told his, his peeps. They were afraid. Then he went and got Abraham. In, in uh, Luke 15, this week on Thursday, the prodigal, uh, the two sons story came to, came to my mind. More than, we know it as the prodigal son. All right, so does everyone know the prodigal son story? All right, so this, one of the sons, I think it was the eldest, went to dad, said, give me your stuff. Give me half my stuff, I should say. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to spread my wings and fly. I wouldn't recommend doing this way either, Zach, just so you know. Well, you could. I mean, this is don't do like the, the son here. So he went and basically squandered all of his money. And then this is where it really hit me. So he went to, he went to help the pig, pen, pig people so that uh, he could get some food, right? So this had to happen over a period of time, if you will, right? But he was so hungry. Who's been so hungry? Who's been like so hungry? Anybody? Not that hungry? A couple of us? Did you just go like this? Thank you. So in the pig pen, you know, you got this food here. I don't think he was with the pinky up and just like, I think he basically buried his head in there the first time he was trying to get food. Does that make sense? And then over whatever it was, days, or he might have been like, okay, then he got sick perhaps for a couple of days, and then he got so hungry again, he went back at it. But I'm, I'm willing to think he was drenched in probably whatever the pig food smell and you know, sometimes the kids get like a little bit just crustiness chilling there on their clothes or whatever, hanging. I mean, that's how I'm thinking he's looking. I don't think he's looking all, unfortunately, Americanized proper and got his jeans on with the holes everywhere and his shirt half tucked in, you know, and doing all that. So there's there we have the son. I'm, I'm making my point here again about responding immediately. Then we jump over here to dad. I think it's uh, 1520. Let's see here. And he rose. This is when after the son figured out he needs to go back home. And he rose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. So we got son over here, right? We got dad over here. I'm guessing on the 15th story of his kingdom, whatever palace he had, just chilling maybe with his microscope or whatever telescope, if you will, looking out, trying to see. And he sees what someone appears to be his son. Do we know what happens to the son if the son gets to the city gates first? He gets stoned. You didn't do what he did back in that day. So dad sees his son from afar off. My, my opinion is he saw him and knew his heart has changed. Because again, I'm going to correlate the, the story back to Jesus. And what did the dad do? He didn't do American. Oh, oh. Hey, everybody. 
hey, I'm just walking over here. No, no, no. It was, it was immediate, right? I think he was going. He went. I mean, we laugh, but if he didn't get to the sun first, if he didn't get there before the men of the city, I think he's going. And you, I mean, this is a king, right? Does a king run in that day? Mm-mm. This is a king. When he's running, you got all of his bodyguards or all of his people being, whoa, 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 where are you going? What, 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 what's going on? And then you got people in the city. I can just see the little kids over here playing with whatever they're playing with, and they see the king sprinting by. Do you not think if the king's sprint by, you're going to follow? See, God is just awesome. Obviously, you can translate the, the father there into Jesus running to us to cover us with our sins is the way I, I, I'm correlating that today. But we got to respond right away. Do we, do you believe in hell, church? Do you, do you really believe in hell? Do you believe he's coming back? Do you believe he's coming back in the next 10 to 15 years? Uh, I kind of do. There are people out there that when God speaks to you about them, you may be scared. You may not know what to do. You may not know where to go or how to, how to do it. He'll give you the wisdom. He'll give you the words. But when he speaks, it's for then right there. Not saying something can't happen a week later, but there's miracles here today for today. Whether you, God's already poured it out. Whether you accept it and come and get it, that's up to you. There's healing today. There's deliverance today. We got to respond right away. Just like the father. He saw the son. He ran out there. As you read, he gave the kid, the boy, shoes. So, I mean, again, the journey from for the for the son was a far away, right? I don't. I, I truly believe the son was down here crawling as best he could to get to the father's house. To, I mean, hadn't eaten, only eaten pig food, if you will. I believe he was on all four, looking up, trying to do everything he could. You know, Darren, when we run those races, we see the finish line. We think we run faster, but I don't know if we really do. But we see that finish line. I think he saw the house and was like, all right, I'm just going to try to get there as fast that I can. 
Maybe he knew what was supposed to happen to him if the men in the city got to him before his dad did. Maybe he knew his dad was going to get to him first. I don't know. But we got to respond. So back to the story in 20. So God came to Abimelech. Indeed, you're a dead man. Abimelech was like, I ain't dying today. Let's go, let's go talk to Abraham, see what's going on. And then what, is, what does Abraham do? Verses 10 through 13, if you will. Then Abimelech um, said to Abraham, what did you have in view that you have done this thing? He said a lot nicer than I would have. And Abraham said, because I thought surely the fear of God is not in this place, and they will kill me on account of my wife. But indeed, she is truly my sister. She is the daughter of my father, but not the daughter of my mother. And she became my wife. And then verse 13, and it came to pass when God caused me to wander from my father's house. He's going back to, back to basically Genesis 12. When God caused me to wander, he's putting all the blame on who? So this word here, wander. Point four, wandering leads to death. The, there is like a few different kind of wanders that Abraham could have used here. He uses the worst word for wander. It occurs roughly 50 times in Scripture and is never in a good sense. It is used of animals going astray or staggering or a sinful seduction or prophets' lies causing the people to err. Um, it is basically not a good wander, if you will. Not that there is any too many good wanders, but any time we wander from the Lord, it's never good. He's using this as an excuse and trying to blame God kind of like um, Adam did back in the day, if you will. Um, well, we were just hiding ourselves. We, I mean, she gave me the apple. Um, why, do, why do we men always just try to blame, blame someone else? I don't know. Don't answer that, Becky. But the season we're in now, we can't be wandering. If we believe half of what I believe in regards to the season we're in, the times we're in, if you just believe half of that, there is no time a-wasting. There's no time for going throughout the wilderness and just wandering around and piddling around, if you will. Because Wandering will lead us to death. Wandering is not a good thing. We have to and we must. Just like just like leaders 
as I pointed out earlier with Lot and the brothers uh, or and the brothers in law with his two daughters. Single ladies, if you get married, the person you choose <laughs> is important. To me, it just cried out. To me right there, I just saw Taylor there, and it was like, I know she's 21, not probably ready to be married yet, but immediately was like, she's got to choose someone that believes and follows him. Dad, that's where your leadership comes in and helps guide and direct her and says yes or no or puts down your foot, but obviously she's going to do what she wants, but you can guide her and direct her. Lot went to the two brothers or to the two sons in laws. <laughs> also, Lot decided to go to Sodom back in the day. He had to have known what the city was about. He decided to still stay. We know he knew what the city was about because when the two angels came, He was like, come into my house, come into my house, come into my house, right? And then as we learn after Sodom and Gomorrah, Lot's two daughters, what they did. If you don't know, you can go research. Basically, Lot's daughters had Lot's kids, Moabites and uh, Ammonites, basically like the main conflict today that's still thriving and raging on today. But I'm just going to say, how were two perfect daughters that he offered up, how would they know to do this? The city and where they lived. It rubs off on you. Leaders, what you let your household enjoy, what you let your household watch and get comfortable with and see. As we saw shortly after Sodom and Gomorrah, Their daughters decided to take some matters into their own hands. That's a, Sodom and Gomorrah, it's a, there's like so many different stories there. Lessons, I should say. It's not time to wander, church. Fifth and final point, verses 15 through 18. And Abimelech said, See, my land is before you. Dwell where it pleases you. Then to Sarah he said, Behold, I have given you, given your brother, <laughs> Jab. Did you catch that? Abimelech talking to Sarah, I've given your brother. It's, it's her husband. But he's like, all right, you want to say it's brother and sister? All right. Exactly. I've given your brother a thousand pieces of silver. Indeed, this vindicates you before all who are with you and before all others. Thus she was reproved. So Abraham prayed to God, and God healed Abimelech. As I said, Abimelech had some kind of issue. His wife and his maidservants then they bore children. 
For the Lord had closed up all the wombs of the house of Abimelech because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. Last and final point, God shuts doors because of our sin. A pagan king, when you read, I think it's verse, the one above, whatever one we just read, he gives them them all kinds of stuff. It's like, Abraham, you're the one who was in the wrong here. You're the one who has this connection with the Lord Almighty. And this pagan king is the one giving you basically... Wherever you want to go in my land, here's some sheep, some oxen, some oxen and male and female servants, and a thousand pieces of silver. Pagan king knows how to, to me, I mean, as I said earlier with the, oh, your brother, a little job there. I bet it was, it was kind of a good funny joke and. He probably said it a little bit harshly, maybe, but who knows. But because our God shuts doors because of our sins, and it affects, I mean, as, as Abraham, basically as we read, and as you read this, you learn back in Genesis 12, Abraham and Sarah came up with this plan. Abraham said to Sarah, wherever we go, you say that I'm your sister so that no one kills me for you. As we, she was roughly, as we said, 90 years old, and Abraham was 100 years old. For the Lord had closed up all the wombs. Now is not the time that we're having doors shut on us. Now is not the time where we can be playing games and wandering here and there and playing church, if you will. We're at, we're at the end as we stand. We are... We're close to finishing the race. How many puns can I do here? What are some other good ones? Now, those battles that we're facing, point one, regardless of our age, 75, 100, 12, 25, 40, 55, It's time we move on from that same battle we've been facing each and every day and each and every week. It's time you come down to the altar and hand it to the Lord to get past it. You know, as I, as I, I'm in the Old Testament, so y'all can correct me. And you, as I said, you be in this word and you know this word. Because when I was at my, my brother's church, We'll just say I disagreed wholeheartedly with the sermon that was preached. But no one else in there seemed to disagree with it. 
I don't think any bit of truth came out of it. But they're going to be judged for what they know, just like you. Going to be judged. There's no excuses. As I said at the beginning, I always made excuses why I can't spend time with the Lord. I got a job. I got to go do this. I think he got tired of me making those excuses because he just started waking me up at five. And it's, it, I still got to get out of bed and roll over and go in the other room and do it. And I don't know what he was doing to me on, Tuesday, or on Thursday this world. I do, I think I know, when he woke me up at two. But it's time we get over those same battles and move on to, because let's be real, the battle, you're always going to be having a battle, unfortunately. There's always going to be something in your life you need to get out and prove or something. If, if you're perfect, then that's awesome and we can talk and you can help me. But it's time to get past the same battle we're facing. It's time for us to be honest with the Lord and stop pretending about our sin and give it and just let it go and move past that sin. It's no more, well, forgive me, Lord. It's, I'm 38. I'm 38. I've been battling this same sin for the past 2,462 weeks, and it's still here again today. You know, he wants to go so much deeper. And when he speaks, we got to act. You know, as I was thinking back, back in the office this morning while they were singing, tell me if I'm wrong, which I could be. Can anyone point to a Bible verse that says where Jesus said, anyone who wants to be healed, come right now. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I couldn't think of it for the 30 minutes I was back there. Or anyone who needs freedom, come and see me at the front of the altar. No, no, see, what I think just like the prodigal son when the father saw the, the boy and he ran as the boy was journeyed 90% of the way makes sense with all he had as I said I think I've, I've visualized the boy crawling crawling from you know if, we're, if, if uh, the journey had to be I'm thinking miles upon miles upon miles tens and twenties and thirty miles as he's coming the boy's coming, right? He's making that first move. He didn't have to wait for his dad. He came to his own senses and realized what he needed. He realized it's better in the father's house eating the crumbs than it is out here. He got 90%. And I think he, if he could run, he was running. Whatever he could do, he was getting to that front as fast as he could. Why? Because he knew he had to be in the Father's house again. He knew he had to have that connection again. He acted. Once he came to his senses, as you read, he left and immediately went. 
He didn't get cleaned up. He didn't go bathe himself. No shoes. Meaning, you're in your house and God gives you a word and says, go pray with your neighbor now. Doesn't mean you put on your slippers and your suit. and It means you go. We got to act immediately. That's what I'm trying to say is when Pastor Don or Bishop Fuller or whoever's preaching, you don't wait for them to open the altar. Whenever I come up and do the greeting on Sunday mornings, you don't wait for me to tell you it's time to worship. We come to worship. We come for him. It's immediate. You don't have to wait on us. God is here ready to pour out to you whatever it is that you're willing to receive. It's time, church. No more wandering. No more sitting in our sin. Let's come up to the altar today and just reach out to him. Whether it's some battle you're facing that you need to get over, come and leave it here. Don't take it. We sing about let, let the chains go, right? Let our chains. We let the chains fall, but a lot of times we pick those chains up and put them in our pocket as we're heading out. You need to let them go. Leave it here. Amen. Whether it is, whatever it is you may need. If you need us to pray with you, we'll pray with you. But reach out and touch him. Amen. For more information about Tabernacle of Praise, look us up online at tabernaclepraise.org. We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with our Facebook page. We also have a free app that you can use to keep up with events or be notified of bad weather, and you can listen to our sermons directly from the app. Thank you for listening, and have a blessed day.